Hey, welcome aboard One Fly We All Fly, a Vol Hoops podcast on a plane, where in each episode of this Tennessee basketball podcast, we place a different Tennessee player quite literally in the middle seat of a team flight for an exclusive interview all the way up here at 36,000 feet. I'm Kellen Heiser, your host and team social media manager, joined by renowned program SID Tom Sakoviak and team cinematographer turned podcast producer Eric Peterson. We are finally back in a plane. The last couple episodes took place on the bus. We're about to be airborne here. We're on our way to Orlando, Florida for the NCAA tournament, and we have a very special guest today. And you know that this podcast has officially arrived. If this young man is going to sit down with us today, Tom Sakoviak, would you mind introducing our guest? I'd love to. This is a tough one to intro because there's so much to say. I don't even know where to narrow it down. So I'm not going to say much at all. You, you hear the voice. You hear the laugh. You know exactly who it is. Vol fans that are familiar with our program, they've known him since he was a wee lad, and now he's a grown <laughs> man. Number 30, Josiah Jordan-James. Oh, man, I'm so excited and happy to be here. You guys have done so many podcasts where it feels like all of my other teammates and I felt like you guys were just kind of like singling me out but I'm happy to be here and I'm excited. You were actually the first person that's ever volunteered to actually be on this show. We've had to twist a lot of arms, but you were the first one that was willing to do it. We just had to get you jealous. We wanted yeah. to get that jealousy I was very going. jealous but I'm excited to be here. I heard you guys ask a lot of good questions and um, I just like being around you guys so I'm, I'm happy. Well, this is one time where Enom gets thrown out the window because we want to know as much as we can about you. And fans know so much about, you know, you guys when you're playing on the court. And the, 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 they know all about your game, but we want them to go a little, you know, no more more than that. So uh, Enom doesn't uh, doesn't qualify Got for this you. discussion. Got you. Fully non-Enom today on this it, flight. It, it, and we are on the flight. It is a very full plane. There's a lot of people on this flight, Josiah. You were just commenting on the uh, on the number of people. What what's all what's the scene right now? Yeah, actually, I know there's actually 129 people um, because I was with Chad yesterday when they were trying to figure out all the the situations and everything because we couldn't fly on Delta, so we had to find a plane big enough to fit 129 passengers. We've got the band, we've got some cheerleaders, we've got some babies, three of my favorite uh, little friends, Jacks which is uh, Coach Ganey's son, um, Zara, which is Rod's daughter, and Dan, who's the youngest out of the three, and that's uh, Miss Amanda, our nutritionist, uh, his, her son. So we've got a lot of my favorite people on here besides my teammates too. Do you think over the years that you've been at, at Tennessee, you've gotten, like, has your, has your view on travel, especially on a plane, changed? Because you've gotten to fly pretty sweet situations over the last four years. Definitely. I've always been deathly terrified of heights and flying um but that fear has kind of been soothed over s smoothing out over the years I'm, I'm not as afraid i say me and urosh are the two guys who just don't like flying um the most but it's kind of gotten better for me anytime we hit turbulence i'm always up in arms and me and urosh are holding hands we um we watch shows together if the turbulence gets really bad um, but yeah, I just, I hate roller coasters and I just feel like on a plane when the turbulence is there, it just feels like a bad roller coaster. <laughs> you guys saw me on the, on the, on the small plane when we went to the, to the, uh, what was it, SEC media day. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, was it Alabama? No, I think. That was Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I hate small planes because they can't do well with the wind and the turbulence is awful. And it just feels like any second you could just fall out the plane and, Normally, guys are just relaxed and chilling. They're not bothered by the turbulence. And I'm like, yo, this is life or death right now. Like, y'all need to get it together. <laughs> did you ever get to know Josh Dobbs or is he even a little bit before your time? I did. Um, you you got to talk to him about aerodynamics, and, and he might be able to give you some confidence. Why do you say that? Well, because he's an aerospace engineer. Yeah, really? I don't know if anybody knew that. I, had you ever heard that, Josiah? Like, I, I doubt not. you'd ever I had no idea. He are was you being aerospace. serious right now? I swear, I had <laughs> no idea. Is he actually? Are you oh guys? No, you guys are pulling my This is unbelievable. <laughs> this is unreal. Uh, yeah, you know, Josh Jobs is very well known as uh -huh. an aerospace engineer. That's what he got his degree in at UT. I know him for being a great quarterback, but I have grown. He was that too. Um, I saw him at the Texas game. We got to play Texas. He was down there. I got to chat it up with him. Um, so our, our relationship has grown. I've hung out with him a couple of times outside of you know basketball. I've gotten dinner got to eat with him um so he's a cool dude really really cool dude yeah. he's well respected around the university that, yeah no doubt but he's a he's a good guy to get you uh, a little calm down when it comes okay. to uh when it when it comes to flying on a plane he can explain Bet. all that to you the other thing that you know i know that you're using to calm down a lot and you've kind of gained this reputation as yeah. is your your yoga kind of obsession yeah i would love to hear more about 
kind of how that's developed. You've been at it for a few years now. I think you yeah. really hit it hard back when at the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis, which is kind of the, you know, the bubble yeah. tournament, so to speak. That's kind of when you were hitting your stride, but you're still at it. I, was, I wasn't I was sure if you were going to be, uh, if you were going to follow through, but still before every game, you're rolling out your yoga mat and everything. To. So what's the latest with you and uh, your yoga journey? Well, I've done, what time is it? It's four, five o'clock right now. I've done two yoga classes so far. Like what I said, does that I, mean, today? Yeah, today. Today you've done two yoga uh-huh. classes? I woke up this morning, did one before we uh, got started with practice and film. And then after practice and film, I got a nice little session in the film room. Um, it's just, you know, like I said, it takes care of my mental, my physical, um, and it just helps me relax. And uh, one time, I, somebody, like one of my yoga instructors, we like was explaining it. We do so much in our lives where it's just we go, 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 go. And, you know, like if, if your tooth hurts, you'll go see the doctor. Um, if your finger hurts, you'll go see, I don't know, a trainer or somebody like that. Um, but you never really take time for your mental and your mind and your body. Uh, most people don't. And that's really what I use yoga for. Um, it just helps keep me calm. Um, it also helps it benefits me in basketball. It helps me feel more limber, uh, ready to go. That's why I do it before games. Um, but I give a, a big shout out to Coach Schwartz because he's the first person who got me into it. Um, back when COVID first hit, I remember I'm at home not doing anything but playing video games and you know, hanging out with my family. And I, I, I remember those days where I was literally just in my living room, not doing anything. And he just, you know, mentioned it to me that Peloton was having this deal because of COVID that, you know, like a 10 month trial for free uh, where you could just try yoga. And at first I didn't even have a yoga mat for the first couple of months, but I, I did it. He's like, just do it for a week or two and see how you feel. Uh, because his wife was doing it at the time. Um, and so he was like, I'll do it. Every day you do it, I'll do it. And so I text him before I do it. I text him after I do it. And it, that's where it all started at. So I give him a lot of props uh, and a lot of credit for getting me into yoga. When did it, like, click? Like, when did it move from just like, okay, well, this is like a trial thing that I'm going to do to, like, I'm making this part of my lifestyle? Yeah, I would say when I first got back to campus. Uh, see, here's the turbulence going. I'm oh, yeah, sweating under my jacket. We just barely took off. We're bouncing a little bit. <laughs> um, it was when we got back to campus because, you know, during COVID when it, you know, you were under um, quarantine and not quarantine, but like when the pandemic first hit, you had, you couldn't really leave your house. It was easy to do it. But when you got back to your normal lifestyle, it was kind of tough for me fitting it in. Uh, even though it might be tw- 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day, it's still tough because, you know, the, the stressors of the day, you know, practice and, and workouts and, you know, just life in general, it's still hard to find time uh, to make time for yourself. Um, and so that was tough for me. There was a time where, I, I mean, I probably went a couple of weeks without doing it and I could really feel myself, you know, feel, feel like I wasn't being myself. And I turned back to it. And ever since then, I'd probably say since I got back from my, my sophomore year, uh, that's when I really figured out how to, you know, incorporate it into my daily life. Got you. Now, I got to know, because I've done a few online yoga sessions, just like, you know, I'm not not on your level yet, right. but I've done it. But at the end of every one, they make, I have to do the ohms. Yeah. And I feel super, are, are, do you, are you, are you ohming? Are you audibly ohming? I need to know if you're. More times than not, in. I'll skip that step just because <laughs> I, have, I have to get on with my day. Um, but the Shavasana, that's what the pose is called, where you're just relaxing and breathing. Um, I would, I hate to say it more times than not, I will skip that step. But mm. if I really need to relax or it's before bed, I will do it. And my roommate hates it uh, because she can hear me. Uh, my roommate, never mind. Um, <laughs> my roommate is not my girlfriend, just to clarify. It's one of my best friends from high school. <laughs> Um, and she, we, we happen to both go to the university. Um, but yeah, my roommate, she hates it. She's like, why can't you just go do it in your room? Cause I do it in our living room or if I'm at the gym, um, my teammates, sometimes I do it in the locker room. They're like, I usually do it with my headphones. So I don't really hear how loud I'm breathing, but I'll get a Snapchat video afterwards. And I'm like, dang, I, I really am making a lot of noise. You and I are both Peloton users. So for our listeners that may also be, t- who are some of the Peloton yoga instructors that you really enjoy uh-huh. or that you gravitate toward? I like Chelsea Jackson Roberts. Um, and I only know, I see videos of like the cyclists and people who use the Peloton bike and they seem really cool, but I only know the yoga. Um, I, the yoga instructors, I like Chelsea Jackson Roberts, uh, Dennis Morton, um, Aditi Shah. Those are my top three. So two girls and one guy. Dennis, he, I don't know if he was an athlete before, but he's a big, strong dude. And usually when I take his classes, they're more power yoga, which is more like strength classes. 
and you're holding poses and, and moving. He and, makes suggestions, you, know. you make decisions. That's, that's what, you know Dennis. Oh, I know yes, all about Dennis. Yes, and he has a great calming, soothing voice. Um, but Aditi and Chelsea Jackson-Roberts, those are my two favorite uh, women on the app. They, what are your favorite poses? Job. My favorite poses, so I have really, really tight hips. Um, and so I like doing war any any type of warrior pose or any warrior one or two. Warrior two is probably my favorite pose. Just I can sit in there for, for minutes at a time. Um, I really like doing uh, chaturangas, basically like push-ups into up dog. It's really good for my back. Um, and one pose that I've been working on like diligently that I still haven't gotten down is boat pose, where you're, it's really for your hips and you're trying to stack your shins on top of each other in like a, a, a crisscross applesauce position. And I don't know if it's because my legs are too long, my hips are too tight, but it's supposed that, you know, the yoga instructors, they're just sitting in there breathing and I'm stressing out. I can barely get into the pose, um, but it's something that I'm working on. And, and one thing about yoga that the instructors always, instructors always talk about is just come as you are. Like you're not gonna be able to do every single pose, but like you said, he makes, uh, Dennis Morton, he says, I make suggestions, you make decisions. and make decisions that honor your body and I've, that's what i always do i've got to make tough decisions on camel pose that's one of the stuff for me. <laughs> yeah so. that, that's not one of my favorites either but <laughs> you haven't got any uh, teammates I've, i haven't been aware of any teammates that have been joining you on this yoga have you been trying the crazy is anybody thing interested? is they always so after practice i always go downstairs get my yoga mat either i'll go back up and practice or I'll stay down in the locker room and go to the film room. I'm like, yo, anybody want to do some yoga? I have an extra mat in the film room. Shaq Jamai has actually been with me for about four or five yoga classes. But, I mean, it's really tough because after practice, you know, the last thing you want to do is put in more work. And sometimes the yoga classes are easy. Sometimes, usually after practice, I'll, I'll try to get like a stretching class um, just so I can, you know, feel good and not have to do a lot, of, a whole lot of work. But... Zakai has said, well, I'm going to get into it. Yeah, you let me know when you're doing it. Tobe <laughs> said the same thing. Olivier, last year, did a couple of classes. Um, and then there's some guys who are just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not even going to entertain the fact that I would even go do yoga with you. But Zakai, Tobe, Jemai, and Olivier have tried. Well, Tobe and Zakai haven't. They just said they would. Um, but Olivier and Shaq have. And it's a lot of fun doing yoga with them. Um, Usually we spend more time laughing than, than doing the actual poses because it's so brand new to them. And it's, I'm trying to explain it to them uh, if the instructor doesn't do a good job of it. Um, but it, I mean, I would love to have a whole team, uh, all my teammates come and do yoga with me. They, we've talked about it, but nothing's really broken ground yet. Would you, and you'd lead that class? I would, I could, I could, I've done, I checked the other day, I've done over 600 classes on the Peloton app. And sometimes, you know, like, Sometimes I don't even need to to have an instructor. I feel like I have my own, like, I, what, however I'm feeling that day or that night, I could have my own routine. Uh, I've done that many classes that I feel like I could teach. teach a Joe a class. Flow. Yeah, exactly. A Joe Flow. <laughs> That's big time. Uh -huh. I like that. You were just talking about several of your teammates. Kellen, I think this is a great transition into the exercise that you had in mind for him to kind of reminisce that, a little bit. That's true. I do want to do a little bit of story time with Joe. You are one of the elder statesmen in the program. <laughs> It's, crazy. it's hard to believe, but yeah. yeah, you've been around for a minute at this point. But I think you probably have a great uh, perspective on a lot of the different guys who have come through the program in the four years you've been here. So I, if you're up for it, I'm always I would up for it. I'm going to throw out a senior, someone who was a senior each year that you were at Tennessee each season. Gotcha. And then if you if you don't mind sharing like a story or a memory or just like a perspective or something you have about these this individual, I think it'd be cool for our fans to Let's get kind it. of the, So the first one, your freshman season, we had a couple seniors. I'm going to throw out, I'm going to ask you what you remember about Lamonte Turner. Got you. Well, Lamonte, uh, my memories with him go back to my visit. Um, I remember I was on my official visit. Uh, I want to say there was a football game. Um, and so the guys were just playing pickup that day. It was on a, on a Saturday. And um, I, I opted to play with them. And I just remember... Uh, Lamonte, he was killing me. I was guarding, I was matched up with him, he was matched up with me, and I thought it was gonna be sweet. I thought I was just going to go out there um, and, you know, do what I do, get buckets and, you know, assist, and that just wasn't the case. Uh, if you guys don't know Lamonte, like, he is the definition of a junkyard dog. I thought, you know, it's just pickup, so we're not really playing, we're going half speed for real. But no, he took it like it was game seven of the NBA Finals. And I just remember he picked me up full court. 
He didn't let me get anything easy, um, and I respected him. I hated it, I hated it at the time because I'm like, yo, you're making me look bad in front of these my future teammates. <laughs> um, but it was awesome because uh, there was one time I got by him, and he ended up poking the ball from behind me. And he pulled me to the side, like, right after. He's like, when you make this move, he gave me a pointer. Uh, you always got to extend the ball out. And that was big for me, just knowing that he wants to compete at a high level, but he also, you know, knows that I'm going to be his, his teammate and he wants the best for me. And so he, all, he helped me get better by being such a, a good competitor. And it wasn't only that day. It was when I got to campus. I remember the first week, like, I, I'm calling my mom, like, I don't know if I can do this because we were matched up against each other. And it was just the same scenario where, I mean, he's stealing the ball from me. I can't get the ball over half court. But he was really, like, a really good big brother to me and still is to this day. We still stay in contact. Um, but it was really, he he had, like, it was my welcome to college moment on my, my my college visit with him. That's awesome. Was that, were you were you committed by that point or were you still weighing your options? I think I was still weighing my options. And, you know, at the time, I didn't know who Lamonte Turner was. So I'm like, this dude can't guard me. I'm, and that was just not the case. Um, he showed me very quickly uh, who he was, and he earned my respect from that day on. That's big time. Yeah, Lamonte. Lamonte was always, uh, you know, one of my favorite dudes to be around. Yeah. Just true competitor for sure. All right, so sophomore year, one of the seniors, uh, sophomore year, I think, was uh, Eve Pons. Oh, uh, my guy, the tank. Um, <laughs> Eve, like everybody knows, is a physical specimen. But what people don't know is Eve doesn't have the best diet and one of uh one of the memories i have of him is you know he he was a great big brother to me as well he was he didn't speak as much as you know um all the other older guys and all the other seniors um but when eve spoke people listened and i just remember one time uh he invited at the time it was him olivier and urosh uh all living in stokely in the same room and they invited me drew and ticket down to uh, make crepes and that was my first time eating a crepe and so Eve cooked for us uh, this is during the summer so we had just been on campus we've only been on campus for a couple of weeks or a month now um, and it was just like a, a really nice gesture uh, from him and that was my first time having crepes I'm not a big fan of it um, I don't know if it was because of the way Eve cooked it um, but I just didn't I mean I, I ate it I forced it down because I didn't want to be rude um, but yeah, but <laughs> when Eve, Eve listens to this, is he, is he, he gonna, I mean, did you fake it at the time for him? I definitely did. I, I exaggerated it. I was like, oh, these are delicious, but I'm just not a big fan of crepes. Um, but yeah, that I mean, were they were they like sweet crepes or savory crepes? Uh, they had Nutella on, which oh, okay, yeah, so kind of a sweet. Yeah, it was very sweet. And it was not your jam. Not my jam at all. <laughs> but that's the one memory I have of him. Um, you know, outside of the game of basketball. For sure. Okay, moving on to your junior year, which leaves us with the one and only John Fulkerson. Papa Folk. Um, I, I, the, the one memory, there's so many of Folky because we had so many uh, years together. I feel like, you know, it was just yesterday where I was a freshman and he, was, he had that flow going. Um, but one game that I remember, and guys didn't really get to see the behind the scenes of it, was that Kentucky game which still to this day is one of my favorite games. At Rupp Arena. Yeah, at, at Rupp Arena, uh, where Folky just went ballistic and had – I think he went for 27. 27 um, against Nick Richards, who's playing in the league right now. Uh, and Folky, I mean, he really showed the world uh, who he was. And I remember Folky, ever since that day, he got booed every time we played against Kentucky by Kentucky fans. And rightfully so, because the, the way he was abusing them was, was crazy. But I remember after the game, uh, we gave him, like, this water Gatorade bath. And we're like, Folky, Folky, chanting Folky <laughs> in the locker room. Um, and Folky's like, nah, man, it's, it's not about me. It's about the Vols, about the Vols, baby. And he's just pointing at his shirt and Tennessee Volunteers. And that just, like, Folky is, is, is he embodies Enom to the fullest, which is it's not about me, which is our, our team motto, uh, something we try to live by. And I feel like he embodies that to the fullest just because he's such a selfless person. Uh, you meet Folky on the street, you need something from him. I feel like 10 times out of 10, he's going to give you whatever you need. He's going to, you know, Folky's like the ultimate big brother. Folky prayed with me. Folky prayed for me. Um, you know, I'm invited to his wedding uh, in August, so I can't wait to see him get married to Courtney. But Folky, since the day I got on campus, um, you know, just treated me like a little brother. And to this day, I, I can't repay him for all that he's done and all that he's done for the university and all that he's done for me. 
I think when I think about when I think about you and Folky, I think of two dudes who have come through the program that just have loved Tennessee. I mean, does that that does that feel fair to you? Like, did did you did it did anything that did Folky's like passion for the place kind of rub Definitely. off on you along the way? Definitely, and I wouldn't even just say me. I feel like it rubbed on, on off on a lot of people. Folky was going to to baseball games, football games. I wasn't a big sports guy. I honestly, coming out of high school, I really. I was a little self-centered and being around Folky, I learned that there's so much more to, to life than just me and my my things, what I have going on. Um, there's so much more around this campus um, and it's just to reach out and get to know people. And Folky helped me uh, in becoming, you know, more let more more selfless. And, you know, Folky was going to baseball, football, softball games, and he'd always ask people if he wanted to come. And so I just tagged along right with them. And so I got the whole experience um, from him, and I try to do the same with my teammates. Anytime I'm going to a different sporting event, volleyball, football, baseball, it doesn't matter. Um, men's, women's, like the culture at UT is awesome. And I, I honestly give a lot of a lot of credit to, to John Fulkerson and the guys from different programs uh, who have come before because we, we support each and everybody. But Folky def- definitely left a big impact on me in, in regards to that. I'd say you're the biggest advocate I see on Twitter of the hashtag everything school. Do you think is that because of Folky? Definitely. Um, I Folky didn't come up with that, but yeah, the 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 engagement that I that I try to use on social media, specifically Twitter, um, definitely came from Folky. And it's just you know trying to to use my voice and my platform for the betterment of all nation. Just knowing that you know I I'm just like them. I want Tennessee to win in each and every not not only win but dominate. Um, and I like to, to voice my appreciation to, to Vol Nation uh, a lot of times and just show my support to other other programs and other student athletes. I think you've done a great job of that. You've kind of picked up right where Fulke left off in that regard. Like, you talk about somebody who's at every single venue cheering on all of our teams, people in the community, people on campus, they, they see you as that guy now. Uh, back in the fall, the Vols had a huge football win over Alabama. Uh, tell us your experience that night. Oh, my goodness. Okay. This was, I'm telling you, it was one of the best days of my life. Um, and side note, before this game, I I had never stayed for a complete football game. Oh, do you want to admit that right now? Yeah, but there's good reason because okay. we always practice and lift before the yep. football games. Okay. I there would go, go to a lot of them, but it's just like standing up in the student section. If I could find a seat which I really didn't want to because I love being in the student section. I love engaging with everybody and just, you know, getting the whole experience. But standing up in that student section was so tough on my legs after practicing weights. Um, And so I hadn't gone to – I hadn't stayed for a full football game until this game. And I was there with all my teammates, um, specifically Jamai, Urosh, Olivier, Zakai, and Julian. And I'm going to throw them under the bus because they did not make the football – they did not make the full football game. Um, so shame on them. But I remember I was there, and um, Alabama went up. They kicked a field goal or something. They went up by one point. And my teammates, being half-hearted fans, um, they ended up leaving. I'm like, where are y'all going? Um, and they are like, man, I'm just watching the rest of the game from my room. I'm tired, this and that. I'm like, you're crazy. We're not losing this football game. I have to be here to storm the field. And so they ended up leaving me. And so I'm in the student section by myself, made some really cool friends. Um, and I just remember I have, I have crazy videos on my phone. Um, Santi, Tyreek, and Kent were also in the student section, but they were a couple of rows down. Um, so I wasn't all alone, but I just I could see them. But I was the only basketball player at the time like in my vicinity, in my section. And I just remember that the drive where you know we had, I don't know how many seconds on the clock. But yeah, we had, to set up the field goal. Yeah, to yeah, set yeah. up the field goal, we make that we make those three plays and we're right there and i'm like of course i have my phone out like everybody else in the stadium and i got the video ball goes in and people just start running running to sprinting to like the edge so you can jump onto the field and it was madness it was crazy i just remember trying to find santi tyreek and kent and i ended up doing that later but it was just a big sea of people a big sea of orange and people are crying people are so happy um and one guy actually offered me i'm above the age of 21 i'm 22 years old at this time so he offered me a cigar and of course i, I had my little cigar with me um and i was i ended up meeting up with kent 
Santi and Reek, and we, we took pictures with fans. I got to see some of the football players before they, they went to the locker room. But I, I probably stayed after the game. I probably stayed for like another hour and a half just embracing it. I've seen, I seen people picking up grass, taking anything they can as memorabilia uh, of that night. And I just remember it was so much fun. It was, it was like I couldn't believe it happened. Um, our football team had an amazing season, but that was definitely one of the best days of my life, easily. Any certain guys on that team that you're closer with? Oh, man. So uh, I got really close with Nico Slaughter, Jabari Small, uh, Amari Thomas, a.k.a. Big O, um, Byron Young, uh, who should be a first-round draft pick. If he's not, it's, it's blasphemy. It's going to be crazy if he's not. <laughs> uh, who else is on that? Cooper Mays um, and Pat Garland. I think that was everybody. And I got close with them through Vol Leaders. I was going to say, a lot of those guys yeah, are on your Vol Leaders. We went to Africa together for two weeks. Um, and Vol Leaders is just student athletes. It's a class you take with other student athletes um, throughout the whole two semesters. And then at the end of the year, you uh, take a trip. And we went to Africa. And I, didn't, I knew Jabari and Big O through Kennedy. Uh, but I didn't really know um, a lot of the other guys. I, I got to know B.Y. B.Y. is a South Carolina guy. Um, we got to, to know each other, and we're really good friends now. I actually texted him earlier this week. I want to say yesterday. Uh, his birthday was yesterday. I sent him a happy birthday text. Um, but those guys are awesome. Um, they're second to none people. I mean, they're great athletes. But those, those guys and Jalen Hyatt being from South Carolina, um, I used to – it was always him and a school called Fort Dorchester who would always play in the state championship. And Fort Dorchester was the best school in Charleston. Like, easily, they're winning. They had a guy who goes to South Carolina by the name of DeCarion Joyner who played quarterback. And he was like Lamar Jackson at that time. He was killing people. And they would always go to state, and they would never come back with the state championship. And they would always lose to Jalen Hyatt in Dutch Fort. Um, Bryce Thompson used to play against, against uh, DeCarion and Fort Dorchester, too. But uh, Jalen Hyatt was a really good friend of mine. Um, Hendon Hooker, I got to know Hendon really well, got to know Joe really well. Um, but I'd say the guy who, who I got the closest with uh, would have to be B.Y. Just because, you know, that trip, we, we, we did everything together. And like I said, to this day, we're, we're, we're locked in. And so I'm, I'm happy and excited for him uh, come draft night. I mean, I'm just sitting here impressed at, you know, at all the kind of all the relationships you've built in, the, in your time here. It's been pretty impressive. Really I know cool. that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Tennessee, Coach Heupel, they – he, he's really turned the program around. He's, he's recruiting high-caliber athletes, but high-character people as well. And I'm so happy um, that, you know, Vol Nation gets to enjoy um, the football success that we've had and that we're going to have moving forward. It's just, it's, it's, there's no time, right, like right now, to be a Tennessee volunteer, whether you just want to be a student, whether you want to be a teacher, whether you want to be an SID like Tom, uh, whether you want to be a part of the media team like Kellen. Um, <laughs> Like, everything, the vibes are great on Rocky Top right now. All right, so bringing it back around, I, was, I gave you some past teammates, but you've got, you've got a, a couple guys in Urosh, Olivier, and Santi that have been doing this thing with you for a minute. You got, you got any, any uh, stories you can share with oh, us about man. those three? Okay, so I remember Olivier, the first time uh, he got on campus, because me and Ticket, uh, who's at George Mason now, one of my really good friends, I was texting him earlier, me and Ticket got to, to campus during Maymaster, so we were there when uh, nobody else was. Uh, everybody had gone home, but uh, we got there a semester early. And I just want to make sure our listeners understand Ticket, Devontae Gaines. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh, uh, yeah, yes. that's my guy. Uh, not Devontae Gaines, Ticket, Devontae Gaines. <laughs> he, he, he gets very upset when you call him Devontae, and I learned that the hard way. But Olivier came in. I remember the first time we worked out, he wanted to play one-on-one -on -one together. And like I said, coming out of high school, I had all these accolades. I'm thinking I'm this, I'm that. And Olivier just killed me in ones. And I'm like, I've never heard of this dude before. And he might be the key to us, you know, winning a lot of games. But I was really shell-shocked at how good of a basketball player he was and how I didn't even know who he was. Um, that just goes to show, like, notoriety, uh, awards, things like that, they don't matter. In the game of basketball, it doesn't matter. Um, all that stuff to the side, it's, it's literally just about me versus you. Uh, and it doesn't matter the stature, the, the name of the school, uh, none of that. All that goes out the window when you're playing basketball. But Olivier, I remember the first time we played one-on-one. -on -one. He's still to this day one of the best. I've only beaten him, I want to say, one time. We played probably over 15. 
Um, he's one of the best one-on-one -on -one players I've ever been around. Um, and fun fact, he has a cat named Barry, and I have two cats named Kiko and Simon, and they're actually having a play date for the time that we're gone. They're at my apartment. Okay, um, this is yeah, good. Yeah, so they're hanging out, getting to know each other. Barry's a female. Kiko and Simon are males, but they're all spayed and neutered, so no funny business going on in my apartment. Um, but, that yeah, that's my story about uh, Olivier Uroche. That's my roommate uh, on the road. So, I mean, he is one of the funniest dudes, if not the funniest guy on the team. I just, oh, man. The thing that gets me about Uroche is that it took me a while to understand him, but Uroche is somebody who, who prides himself on, you know, trash talk. And there's not a lot of, yes. there's not a lot of people who do that. And he, he wants to impose his will, whether it be by using his force. Because, I mean, people don't realize he's like 7'1", 270. So he is a big dude. I don't think the TV does it justice for any of us, but they definitely don't do it justice for him. Like, he is a massive, massive dude. Um, and so, you know, there's always <laughs> – I remember there was one time I wanted to fight him in practice because we are doing this box-out drill, and I couldn't box him out. Couldn't box him out. He kept hitting me, hitting me, hitting me. And then there was one play where I just didn't think it was a, a legal move that uh, I, I almost – we almost came to blows. But, you know, things like that only make, make uh, guys closer and – you know, me and Urosh, like I said, he's my roommate. We're locked in for life. I actually have plans to go visit him and his family in Serbia. He's taught me a, a couple of Serbian words that I, some most more times than not, I mess up. Um, but Urosh is one one of a kind. Well, let me ask you this because we had the we had an episode with Urosh a little while back, right. and he talked about your experience going to the Serbian restaurant in New York City. <laughs> La Cavana. La, wait, what was it? La. La Cafana. Cafana. Okay. Yeah, La Cafana. Okay. So he, he kind of gave us his perspective on your experience. Uh -huh. But obviously, I mean, I think he said that you kind of – it was probably similar to the to the time you were eating crepes and eating. You know apartment. what? It, you were probably <laughs> just kind of grinning and bearing it. But what what do you remember about it that actually, time with Hiroshi? Some of the food was really good and some of the food just wasn't for me. Um, I don't know the name exactly of what we got, but we had like a six-course meal. He wanted to get each and everything. Um, and I don't blame them, but, you know, the entree, the appetizers, we had, like, some cheese something, like three different orders of cheese bread, I don't know, which was decent. I ate it. Um, and we had four probably entrees of food that we were just picking off of each. I remember we had this, like, hot dog-looking thing that had, I don't know, it was covered in bread, and then you slice it over it open, and it was warm ham and cheese inside. That was my favorite thing. Don't know what the name of it was, but that was by far my favorite thing. And then we had dessert, which was, can't remember, but I wasn't my favorite. And that's so probably the, why I can't remember. Schnitzel, uh -huh. The schnitzel, he, he said that that kind of resembled like a Subway footlong. It had the that's ham what it, Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. He, he said that was good, but he said your favorite thing was maybe the cheese and spinach. Yeah, that's what it was, cheese and spinach. Okay. That was the appetizer that we got. Yeah, wow. it was really good. So that We're and the schnitzel. Uh, were my two favorites, but we we had a plethora of food, and I'm telling you, he was like, "Yo, eat it all, you got it, bro," and he he de he devoured it. <laughs> we're gonna have to overlay this with the Uroch episode. <laughs> but out talking. of ten, I would give it a solid seven and a half. Okay, he he said that you rated it an eight point six. I had to for his sake. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I'm always gonna put my teammates' feelings above anything else. I'm seeing a trend here. So what else have you lied about to your teammates? I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else. Nothing else. Sometimes I just stretch the truth Okay. to All make right. them feel better. <laughs> what? So speaking of your teammates again, who do you think is the least like themselves on the court as they are like off the court? Oh, wow. Mm, that's a good question. Um, least like themselves. Oh, definitely Julian. Julian, anytime he scores, anytime we make a good play, you're going to hear Julian, whether it's him screaming obscenities that I cannot recite on here or, you know, hyping your teammate up like, yeah, Joe, they can't guard you, Joe. Off the court, no. Drew is as quiet as a mouse. Like, he'll talk, he'll interact, and that's my guy, another South Carolina dude. I'm so glad we have him. But off the court, he's not screaming, he's not yelling. He's really not even animated like he is on the court. So... On the court, he's just a different beast. Like, he gets into that mode 
and off the court he's just not that i agree with that and it's funny it it, it gets me jacked up you know yeah sitting, that's yeah in my role i'm not supposed to be you know cheering uh-huh. and it, it fires me up when I see him make a play and then he gets, you know, <laughs> yeah. hyped, you know, like under the table. I'm like, yeah, I told right. him, I told him anytime, like, I'm like, yo, Drew, hype me up like you always do, bro. That that turns me up because it's like it's out of nowhere. I've gotten used to it now. But early on, I'm like, OK, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I love that energy. Talking about things that get you hyped up, it makes me think about your last senior teammate that we haven't talked about uh-huh. yet, Santiago Vescovi. Oh, but over the last, like, three weeks of the season, I've been witnessing a pregame ritual, and maybe it's been going on for longer uh-huh. than that. It, it is the tricep slap oh my from goodness. Santi. Oh, I told it, it, do you take part in that, and can you tell me what the origin of that I is? Because it is the weirdest I thing I've ever seen. I have no idea what the origin is, but I told him, yo, stop Can you slapping. describe it for our listeners? So what? <laughs> after we well, – it was about, I don't know, 50, 50 40 minutes on the clock until uh, till tip-off, and we get out of film uh, during our last film session, and we go out to stretch – and we're stretching with G. We have different stations, different things you can do. This is where I go and do my yoga. And Santi always comes over. He some, some way, somehow always finds me. And I'm trying to, you know, lock in, get my zen right. And he just comes over and he just slaps you repeatedly. It's like, like that. And it hurts. In the tricep. Yeah, and it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, Santi, stop hitting me. And he hasn't stopped yet. Um, but, yeah, that's it. It's not just me. It's everybody. And <laughs> I remember when AK was like, yo, you keep hitting me, I'm going to hit you back <laughs> even harder. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. It's his thing. It's his thing to get himself going, get other people going. But I try to stay as far as possible away from him after we get out there and start stretching because I know it's coming. We all know it's coming. <laughs> talk, tell us a little bit more about Santi. He showed up halfway through your freshman season. That was crazy. Um, Santi, I remember when he was on the Wisconsin – He's at the Wisconsin game on the bench, and that was one of the worst losses I've ever been a part of. It was, it was just not a good day. It was the first game without Lamonte, and we just didn't come out. We didn't perform well. And we had, like, two practices in the day between Wisconsin and LSU. And this time, Coach was – he wasn't happy, and we were running a 17, and this is Santi's first and second practice the day before we play LSU. And a 17 is sideline to sideline. Uh, each sideline is one, so you one, two, three, all the way up to 17. You're trying to get to 17 in uh, under a minute. Running See, across the width of the court, yeah. sideline to sideline, 17 times in that 60 seconds. Yeah, span. exactly. You explained it much better than I did. <laughs> um, and so Santi's out there, and well, I kid you not, Santi gets eight. He gets eight, and he just passes out. Like, he stops. He cannot move. Like, his body, he's just on the floor dead. And I was like, no way this just – and Coach was hyping him up. He's like, if you guys just played as hard as Santi, like he's giving his all right now, which he was. He definitely was. But I just remember him coming out after a day or two of practice, and I don't know how many points he had. He probably had like 13, 15. And I just saw how good of a player he was without practicing, without knowing the offense. He's just – he's one of the smartest basketball minds I've ever been around, like easily. He knows – how to guard people. Santi used to be a terrible defender, like an awful defender. He used to have heavy feet. He used to be fat. Um, and he, <laughs> he, he used to be fat. And he's, he's turned his body around, but his mind is second to none. And that's why, like, Santi, everything Santi's gotten, everything Santi will get, he deserves. Like, he works for it. He works like no other. Um, but off the court, Santi is, he's a maniac. He's gotten into poker. Uh, with a couple of our teammates, and every time I ask him how the game how the game went, won this amount of money, won this, that amount of money, it's never him losing money. And he's like, yeah, you should come play. And I'm like, I'm not about to play, so I can just give you my money. He's like, I'll teach you. And I'm like, no, that's not how it's going to go. I'll learn on my own, and then I'll play you. Just tell him you'll do it if he does yoga with you. Santi will never do yoga with me. <laughs> Santi will never. That's not I – I wouldn't even ask him. Uh, he'll see me, and he'll just – He'll act like he'll he'll mock me. He mocks my yoga poses. So I know for a fact Santi's not doing yoga, but he's a big chess player. Um, and you know we're actually we started a show together. We don't watch it together, but a show called The Last of Us. Um, and uh, we we give each other our reviews. Sometimes I watch the episode before him, and I tell him like this is a good one. You're gonna want to be locked in for it. Um, but they just had the season finale, so we're gonna have to find a new show to watch um, from now on. So The Last of Us is a zombie survival. Yes. If the uh, zombie 
apocalypse comes tomorrow, what's your strategy? Oh, my goodness. Ooh. I would definitely hide in TBA and Pratt. I would go in there because there's a lot of security. There's doors. There's not many open windows and things like that. There's enough food. There's water. So I would barricade myself probably in the locker room uh, for the time being and then let all the, you know, the people who not deserve to die or who are going to die, they, they, they're going to get taken care of. And, and I don't know. I'll probably take, go down there with a couple of my teammates just so I have some protection. If I do go down there, I'm taking Tobey with me because Tobey – the enforcer, like he's gonna, he's gonna get the job done. You need, I don't know, like Tobe could do any, any handyman work, any, anything that requires strength and brute force. That Tobey's your guy, and so I'm definitely gonna have him down there with me. But I probably just use the locker room. Which of the uh, coaches would you least want to be a zombie? Oh man, definitely GP. <laughs> but I say. Uh, no, I'd say Rod. I'd say Rod. I would want GP to be a zombie just because in his older years, I don't think – I don't know how they, the, the body works afterwards, but I don't think he's fast enough to catch me um, unless something happens with his mutations. But I think Rod being <laughs> younger, uh, having young legs, Rod practices with us some days. Usually it's only when we're, we're playing half court. He can't get up and down the court like he needs to to, to play at a high level. But he's in good shape, uh, so I probably wouldn't want him to be a zombie. <laughs> Some good logic there. Uh, do you, do you think yeah. G's going to be offended you didn't say him? Oh, see, I didn't know G was a part of it. I thought we were just talking about Coach Barnes and the assistant coaches. Okay. G would 100%. G would have his bow. He'd be out there. Yeah, no. I don't want him to be a zombie because I don't think there's any killing him. I don't care what you do. You <laughs> impale his head. You shoot him. I still think he's going to come after you and find a way. That's what he always talks about, find a way, whatever it takes. And him as a zombie, I think he would do that. I like it. We haven't really uh, – I don't want to turn back the clock. Uh-huh. Talk about young Joe. Oh, man. Because we haven't, you know, heard any stories about you growing up. Um, take us back to the younger years, maybe when you first, you know, fell in love with basketball or when you first started getting into sports. Like, right. How'd that go? So early on, like, my parents always told me I've been playing basketball for since I was two. Um, but – the thing I remember most is I always wanted to be like my older brother and do whatever he did. So KJ, um, who's five years older than me, he played foot, er, he played baseball and, and uh, basketball. And so I played base, I played T-ball and basketball. And I hold remember, up, hold up, I'm what? gonna stop you. Did you really play T-ball? No. This the, the crazy thing is Let's I remember. Tell this story. T, they disrespected <laughs> me because. They put me in the outfield where kids can't even hit the ball. And so I was literally just like, when we were batting, I was cool, I was fine, but they didn't let me get first base, second base. No, they put me in the outfield 30 feet past where any little kid can hit the ball. So I'm just out there picking grass. Like I was so, baseball, it was too boring for me. I don't know if it's because I wasn't any good, but they put me in the outfield. I wasn't really the best hitter. I can't really remember my percentages, uh, but I don't think it was any anywhere near where it needed to be um, at the t-ball level um, but they disrespected me and they just put me in the outfield so i was just bored so the story i got was that you made your dad go to the like uh, league organizers and basically tell them joe is done he's not coming back is that true <laughs> i don't know I, you tell us maybe it was at north charleston rec that's where i played my basketball my baseball but i just remember i told him i wasn't playing baseball anymore i'd be in the in the gym where there was no mosquitoes and nothing to bother me um, in the AC. And so that's why I ended up quitting uh, baseball. I got all the, way, all the way up to machine pitch, but that was the only other sport I played. Uh, I do regret not playing soccer uh, just because I feel like it, it would have been a lot of fun. I was always really fast, really athletic, so I do regret not playing that. But, yeah, I always just you know wanted to, to do what my brother did, and he prioritized basketball over any other sport. And we had uh, a basketball hoop in our driveway. We had a... We were fortunate enough to have a big, long driveway, so we were out there, you know, just playing around. My dad was, uh, he played basketball at Michigan State, uh, so he has a really good knowledge of the game. My parents both refereed. Um, my mom refereed Division One college basketball in the Big South for over 20 years. Um, and so I had, you know, it was, a, it was a basketball household. My my uncle, Noel Gilliard, played at Furman. 
um, the Paladins. And so I just had basketball was all I knew growing up. Um, but it wasn't something that my parents forced on me. Um, there were times where uh, my brother wanted to play. Uh, and, and it was always, always before I got to like, you know, later on in the career, it's, just, it's all about fun. And basketball is where I found my peace and that's where I had fun. And it's, I still do to this day, but it was, that was literally what it was all about. Um, and so I just remember, I knew I was really pretty good. Um, there was this one tournament and I always played up. My dad never let me play against kids my age. I was always playing either a year or two up. Um, and I was in fourth grade and we were playing against sixth graders. And I don't know, I had like, I think I had like 30 something. And it was an AAU tournament. And the people on the sideline after the game, they come up to us, they're like, we need to see his birth certificate. Like he's not supposed to be out here. He's way too old. And they were like, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. He's not supposed to be with this age group. He's two years younger than all of these kids. Um, and so that made me feel pretty good. Um, that's when I knew I had, I, I had a chance to be pretty good. I knew I was pretty good at that time. And I remember um, at, at Porter Gowd, my high school, my, my high school coach, John Pearson, uh, who's like a father figure to me, a uh, second dad to me, um, he, he didn't let me play JV. Uh, so in eighth grade, he, he made me move up to varsity. And I remember, I didn't know this, but at the time we played against our, our arch rival which is close to, uh, their school is close to Charleston Southern. And Charleston Southern's coach was at the game when I was in eighth grade. And he actually offered me my first scholarship, but he wasn't able to talk to me at the time. He told my coach after the game. And my coach didn't tell me for months and months after when I got a college of Charleston offer. He's like, yeah, this is your second offer. I was so excited. I was happy um, getting an offer from college of Charleston. I was like, my first offer. And he's like, no, this is like your second one. College of Charleston Southern has been offered you. Um, but I remember, you know, just being able to play varsity uh, as an eighth grader. It was tough for me at the time, but it was good for me. And I really started taking basketball serious. Um, I would say my sophomore summer, I started, uh, you know, lifting weights because at that time or before then I hated the weight room. I hated anything that, you know, I hated running. I just wanted to play basketball. I wanted to shoot the ball. I just wanted to guard and compete and play basketball. I didn't want to do all the extra things that came with it, but I really honed in on my craft. I started working out um, before school, after school. I would, my schedule would go, I'd lift, I, I would work out with Travis Smith, uh, who was my coach, who's really more like my big brother, who actually uh, played at Presbyterian, then played at Mercer. And his Mercer team actually beat Tennessee in Knoxville. And he always gives me crap about it because uh, Mercer's orange and he's like, we got the better shade of orange. So we're always going back and forth about that. Um, but he, at the time, he'd wake up, we'd, we'd work out 6 a.m., 5.30 in the morning, I'm getting up, uh, leaving my house because it was a 30 minute drive uh, to my school. And so he, he opened the gym for me, we'd work out. Uh, I'd go through school, I would go and lift after school uh, with one of my trainers, Davon Gilliard, uh, who's doing a great job uh, with all athletes down in Charleston, not only basketball athletes, so shout out to him. Um, and then after that, uh, I'd either go to practice or if it was an off day, I'd work out. And so I really started honing in on my craft that summer. Um, and I was surrounded by really good, we had a really good team my junior year. Uh, Aaron Neesmith, who actually went to Vanderbilt um, for two years, who's, who got drafted by the Boston Celtics yep. uh, for the first in the first round, got traded to Indiana as a starter for the Indiana Pacers. We, I wouldn't be here without him um, because we pushed each other. We had like, he's one of the biggest, best competitors I've ever been around. And, you know, we'd work out, we train together, we play one-on-one together. And I remember his senior, his last year of AAU basketball is when uh, we were playing together. And I played for a small circuit, non-circuit team called TMP. Nobody, when I tell people that they're like, never, don't even know what that stands for. It actually stands for trademark properties. Um, and so we would go to these tournaments and we're playing EYBL teams, Under Armour teams, Adidas teams, and we're beating them. And we have all these college coaches there. And that's when he and I, we both got put onto the scene. And I'm talking like every other game, we're getting a call like from head coaches, from high major schools, like we want to offer both of y'all. And so it was really cool um, being around him and seeing all of our hard work come together. Uh, I won three state championships with him. Uh, we also had a big guy who went to Yale, Jake Lanford, uh, who was just like Urosh. He, well, he wasn't as tall, um, but he, he was uh, a force inside. Uh, we had a lot of other uh, great 
talented players outside of that who just didn't end up playing college basketball at the uh, Division One level. But we had a, we had a squad, and I remember you know I, I was getting invited to all these camps. I made Team USA, uh, and that's still to this day one of the best experiences I had. Uh, being around NBA guys, uh, guys who are in the NBA now, but you know at the time you just playing for Tennessee will always like be at the top of my list. But you know I would say neck and neck is playing for Team USA because um, you know being able to represent your country. We got to go to Canada um, and we were able to win a gold medal, and that was like the icing on the cake for my high school career. I got invited to the McDonald's All American game. And I was able to form a lot of relationships with guys who, who are in the NBA, who are still in college. And some guys don't even play basketball. It's crazy to see how lives pan out, um, you know, because you know, everybody who makes the McDonald's All-American game or everybody who uh, is at all these big-time camps, there's only 60, 60 spots. And there's only 400 over, maybe a little over 400 players in the NBA. So obviously we're not all going to make it to the NBA. Um, and it's just amazing to see how all how everybody's career outside of basketball has transformed and how, you know, at the time we we're young, dumb and, and uh, how, how we've matured over the years. But my high school, my, my years early on, my high school career, my middle school career, like it was it was second to none. It was it feel like it feels like it went by so fast. Um, but I remember every little detail like it was the other. I think. And then, and you can, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here. I know you, I know you will, knowing you, Joe, you'll tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but so from what, from what you've been talking about, like you talking about kind of your AAU stuff, you're playing for like a non-circuit team. I think I have some memories of like in high school, because I started following you kind of once I knew that, you know, you'd been offered and yeah. stuff like that and started paying attention to that stuff. I felt like maybe there was some certain chatter about like a guy who's like Josiah Jordan James, who's like on this five-star radar should probably play, should be, you know, you maybe had some opportunities to go play at some different high schools. I don't know South yeah. Carolina high school mm-hmm. basketball very well, but maybe some like you know places where it's like, well, the competition's a little stiffer yeah. here or whatever. And then and then that all that coupled with, I remember sitting in a restaurant in Louisville, Kentucky, at the Sweet 16, watching the McDonald's All American game. I remember watching you play, and I remember watching you play, and I remember thinking like, he's not out there like, he's not out there trying to prove himself <laughs> to anybody. Like he's just out there playing basketball. Yeah. And so I think all those things kind of meld together in my mind is like you I mean you were in that spotlight but it's not like you really chased it it's not like you really you know were you know chasing cloud or whatever and it seems like but there's like a certain amount of like loyalty and a certain amount of like truthfulness to yourself that comes with all that like so that just kind of like I picked up on that like kind of early I mean like is that something that you think is is was a part of your experience yeah I mean you know people were telling me um, not people in my circle or people I really like take advice from. Um, they're like, you need to go to a better AAU team. You need to go to a better high school. You don't need to be playing against Skiza, which Skiza is definitely not uh, the best basketball competition. But uh, I really pride myself on staying true to myself. Uh, not li- like I'll, I'll take people people's advice, but I'm I'm somebody who like I'm big on loyalty. Uh, and my high school coach, like I said, my relationship with him is like he he's like a big brother, a, a second father to me. Uh, my AAU coach the same way. Um, and so I got all these notions from people who wanted to, you know, recruit me to other big time programs, EYBL teams uh, or high school teams and going to join these super teams. But that just wasn't me. Uh, I knew that everything that I had was everything that I needed. Um, you know, I had we. TMP, a non-circuit team, playing against other non-circuit teams more times than not. We had the gym filled with 50, 60 coaches. We had a lot of big-time players. And so I know I, I knew that I didn't have to change anything about my surroundings or change my team or change the people that I was around that, you know, everything that was for me would happen for me. And going back to the McDonald's All-American game, it was crazy because I had – I felt like I had played really well uh, in practice uh, up to the game. And we had these plays that we were supposed to run. And I was ready to, you know, go out there, be a guard, and, you know, get everybody into It was none of that. <laughs> Absolutely none of that. When I tell you everything that we had done in practice, and that was like my first real all-star game. And so I'm thinking we're about to be out there running plays. Uh, but, no, it was a complete one-on-one show. Yeah, showcase. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, a showcase. Yeah. And I, I didn't know what to expect. 
Uh, and so I was really caught off guard. And I'm calling plays, and I'm passing the ball, and the next thing I know, the shot goes up. Like, that's not where we're supposed to be running. That's not where we're supposed to be running. Um, but I was I was shell-shocked after that, that game and that day. Um, I remember there was one teammate that I had who will – who's a really good friend of mine who I won't throw under the bus, but he probably took like 27 shots on my team in that game. Granted, we won, so it didn't matter. Um, but yeah, that was that McDonald's All-American game was uh, shell-shocking <laughs> for remember. Eye-opening experience? Yeah, very. And so one thing you said there, and you talked about, you talked about kind of knowing yourself, you talked about being true to yourself, you talked about you know being comfortable in your own skin, comfortable in surroundings. That reminds me of another, somebody else in this program. He's a pretty key figure. He's sitting at the front of the plane right now. <laughs> And I, I know that your relationship with him has been like, it's been a journey just like the Definitely. last four years. But would you, I mean, is that something that kind of, uh, kind of I, I attracted you to him? It, is just that you guys kind of had that commonality and just the way you go about your business? Yeah, one thing that, you know, I really respect about Coach Barnes and I can say truthfully is that since the time he was recruiting me, since the time I've been on campus, he has never, ever lied to me. Sometimes he calls me ugly, he says I doesn't look I don't look good, which I just have to disagree with. But in terms of like him as a person, like he's second to none. He is he's somebody who if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it and he's going to do it to the best of his ability. Um and in the recruiting process, he always told me like I was and one thing that stuck out about me cuz I had I was blessed to have a lot of scholarship offers. I could have gone to a lot of different places. But a lot of schools just told me things that I wanted to hear um, and how good I was. But Coach Barnes and Coach Schwartz and the rest of the staff, they did it. Like, they, they told me how good I was, but how, how much better I needed to be and how they could help me out in, in different situations, uh, not only to become a better basketball player, but a better man. And everything that he's told me is, is come true. Uh, but, yeah, Coach Barnes, our relationship was, you know, it's crazy because I remember, you know, being a recruit and watching the practices and, you know, watching them, you know, get a little uh, loud during practice. And I'd be like, yeah, I can handle it. I want somebody to coach me hard. But it's completely different when, <laughs> when you're, you're the, on the receiving you're end. on the court <laughs> getting yelled at. And that took me a lot of getting used to. Um, coach Barnes, you know, he, he'll, he'll admit it. He, he, he coaches the game sometimes to perfection. He wants everything to be perfect. And you know, it's not a perfect game. And he'll, 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 he is the first person to admit when he's wrong. And that's something, another thing that I respect about him. But, you know, it took, it took me a while to understand that you're just going to have to get used to, you know, loud chatter um, coming from Coach Barnes. Um, and I feel like it's only made me a better uh, basketball player, a better individual. And if I could change it and go back 10 times out of 10, I'd still make the same decision to play for him just because not only the coach that he is, but just the person that he is and how much he's allowed me to grow in my faith. Uh, as an individual and as a basketball player. That, that's awesome. I'm, I want to totally switch subjects. Right. I say totally. You know, you're talking about knowing what's right for you, staying true to that throughout that recruiting process. I want to take that and frame it with NIL. Right. Because you've been in this unique position during your career where your first couple of years, this wasn't a thing. And then all of a sudden you've got these opportunities now. And I feel like it was almost built for you. You know what I mean? You're a guy that the fan base has grown to love. They're comfortable with. They know that, uh, you know, you're a safe investment. I would say like they're pretty confident that you're not going to go, you know, get in some sort of trouble tomorrow. Um, so as you've seen these opportunities come your way, what, what's it been like just to, to navigate that space, to figure out what's right for you? Um, because it seems like there has been a ton of opportunities that have come your way. Definitely. Uh, my biggest uh, thing that I like the most about NIL is just being able to, you know, get out into the community more. Um, my favorite thing is honestly meet in Greece, where I get to meet a lot of all nation, uh, the kids, the, the parents, uh, every, everything few far in between the grandparents. Uh, I love meeting members of all nation. I love, you know, interacting with them. And for me, it's more than just, you know, here, give me a picture. I'll sign this. I want to I want to know who you are. Like, how old are you? What's your name? Like, what's your favorite sport? Do you like sports? Like what I, I want to interact with them and get to know them um, and, and in return, let them get to know me. Because, 
you know, this this platform, this uh, that, that the God has put me on and allowed me to have. I just want to use it to, you know, empower and enlighten other people and also, you know, let other people know that if I can do it, you can do it. Whether you want to be a Division One basketball player, uh, no matter what you want to do, just put your best foot forward and, and keep faith and do the right things, which is easier said than done. Um, and, and anything that you want can be multiplied and you can have that. Uh, so I, my favorite thing is just interacting with the people. Uh, there's been a lot of really, really cool deals that I've done. One thing that I haven't done yet is a, a yoga deal. I would love to like go teach a yoga class somewhere, yep. uh, whether it be on my own or in like a different studio. I feel like that'd be awesome uh, for engagement um, and just letting people get to know me. Uh, so yeah, the NIL has really, really changed the landscape of college basketball. I really feel bad for you know people who had to play college athletics beforehand uh, who didn't have it, but we are very fortunate and I, I think it's a great great opportunity for student athletes to use. I know you have so many friends on other teams on campus and each of you probably talk to friends that you know are student athletes at other universities. In your mind, where how is Tennessee positioned? I mean, how, what are the opportunities like compared to what they might be at other oh, five we're places? at the top of the line. There's no doubt in my mind that they specifically Spire um, takes care of people like no other. Um, they really, and it's not even about the money thing. It's about them caring about you as a student athlete, them getting you out in front of the community, making connections. And that's the biggest thing. Like you meet people, you have no idea what their occupation is or how, you know, later on down the road, if they can be your employer, give you a job. Um, and that's just the biggest thing, being able to make connections. And, and they do a great job of that through their meet and greet series. And it's also awesome because, you know, sometimes it's not always just basketball players. It's a basketball player, a baseball player, a softball player, volleyball. Like, they do a great job of being so inclusive uh, for both men and women. Uh, and so it's just it's been awesome to see. Uh, I love, you know, I, I love giving my teammates and, you know, a couple of the football players crap about their ads. You know, like being like, you wouldn't drink this or you wouldn't do that. Because, uh, like, Zakai, he has this – he doesn't even like milk but he's promoting a pumpkin <laughs> pumpkin milk at, at that. And so I'm like, yo, you are crazy for that. He's living John Fulkerson's dream exactly, right now. Exactly. Folky's the milk guy. Folky, any type of milk, I know he he's an advocate for that. I know he's drinking it. But I, I give him crap sometimes about, you know, just, you know, the videos. Because the, it, it is kind of – So anytime a deal comes your way, does it have to make sense for you to say yes? I mean, it, Yeah, I would say so. Uh, anything that opportunities you've turned down because you're just like, you know what, this just really isn't me. Fast food places where I I wouldn't eat there. So I'm not going to promote it. Uh, and some people say I'm crazy for that, but like, I think it just goes back to, you know, being true to myself. I'm not going to promote something that I wouldn't do and not saying it's not for everybody. It's just not for me. Um, but yeah, I, the, the, the most awkward part about the whole NIL thing for me is just creating that content, you know, because it's just hard and that's why I give, um, Zakai, Olivier, anytime you got to do a video, like a voiceover, I'm like, I know, I know you had, it was awkward for you doing this because it's awkward for me doing it. So I always laugh at him about it. Hey, MC. Hey. <laughs> Good. No, we're just MC talking. MC is always taking care of the guys and she's Literally. right now getting in the overhead compartment to uh, distribute some Gatorades. MC is the unsung, unsung hero of our team. We wouldn't know what time practice is. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be on this airplane right now without MC. That's very she true. Is, she is the absolute best. She does everything for us. She's like our team mom, but she's really like the goat. If she had to get an NIL deal, what would be some brands that would be perfect? Oh, for her? Uh, Hot Works. She loves doing yoga. She loves doing um, Peloton. Peloton would be great for her. She loves working out. Um, what else? She loves coffee, so Starbucks would be a great, great one for her. She loves shoes, so she could get an Air Jordan deal. There's so many things about MC that make her who she is. Um, but yeah, those four, uh, off the top of my head, I, I, I think would be perfect for her. You had mentioned earlier that you'd love to have some sort of a yoga deal. On this very small chance that some of our listeners don't know where to find you on social media, where where can they find you? Oh wow, um, my Instagram is Josiah. Period. J period james on on ig my twitter is j j j a m e s so j j j j james 30 
on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle. And then my TikTok is the same as my Instagram. But I don't post a lot on TikTok. I just go on there for funny videos. Usually, I just watch, watch cat videos for Simon and Kiko. I'm on cat TikTok or dog TikTok. Um, really animal TikTok, pet TikTok. So that's where uh, what I'm usually doing on TikTok. Talk us through the decision to become a cat owner. Oh, wow. So I talked about it with my – it was really Hallie's idea, my roommate, um, the girl I went to middle school and high school with. Uh, it was really her idea. Uh, she went to the shelter. She, first off, she I was like, yeah, I would love to have some furry friends around here. Um, and so she went to the shelter, and – uh, you know, she was like, she was on a wait list for a while. And this one lady with like 15 cats ended up having, you know, I don't know what happened, but she had to give away all 15. And so Hallie and I went to the shelter and we picked out Kiko and Simon out of the litter. Um, Kiko, not out of the is, are litter. Is litter just like babies? Or? Uh, I don't yeah, I think know. litter usually refers to like recently. Okay, born. Yeah, no, they're, Kiko's 10. Simon is three. So not a litter. Uh, but just out of the group. And um, Simon, I wish I had a picture of him, but Simon actually has two different color eyes. And that's what uh, drew me to him. And he's a smoky, smoky gray kind of cat, kind of navy. No, smoky gray. Uh, and then uh, Kiko is like a cream color cat with a little bit of black around his eyes. So they're very beautiful animals. Um, they're on uh, UT brand there. We got it. Yeah. Cream, the smoky cream. gray. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Simon is more active. He uh, he runs around. He gets zoomies like a, like a little dog. He loves to play. Uh, sometimes his nails, we got to keep his nails trimmed because he just, he just loves to play so much that he'll end up scratching you on accident. Um, and Kiko's just more laid back. But it's been a lot of fun. They've, you know, after practice, if I'm tired, I'll just be on the couch. They love getting cuddles. They love making biscuits. Uh, if and for people who don't know what making they biscuits, love making biscuits. I'll explain it to you. Hallie told me what making biscuits is. She had to explain it to me. It's where it's like the kneading. Yeah, like when exactly. They knead the, exactly I that. Got you. And so he loves making biscuits. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What are they kneading? <laughs> like just you know they're, they're moving. No, 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 no. no. What? So usually they do it on a. On it's like a, a on like a pillow or yeah, like a, a couch a blanket, or something. A blanket or the couch. Sometimes they, they use my leg. Like, yeah, they just like move their hands around like they're like the sheet or whatever is there. The yeah, blanket. Okay. Uh -huh. call it making biscuits. That's okay. what Hallie says. So I'm, I'm sticking with, <laughs> okay. with Hallie. My dog's good at making some biscuits. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's been a lot of fun, and I don't know what the future holds, but I'd love to have cats in, and you know wherever I end up as an adult. Yeah, I can see you being like a cat lady someday. That's got that's like not cats a cat lady. No, I might be a cat um, guy, <laughs> but not a cat lady. And fifties way too much. No, they're very needy. But you're which you're good I, with forty nine. Less than forty. Okay. Anything <laughs> less than forty. Than 40. Let's reasonable. keep it there. Less than forty. Let's keep it there. Well, we have actually begun our descent into Orlando. Joe, you've made it this far. There's been minimal turbulence. Yeah, it's been you've great. You've done a really great job. When we it. first started talking about this, I was a little worried. Because I remember, you know, going way at the beginning of the season, going to uh, Frisco. I remember you had. No fun. You, you <laughs> that was no fun. That's was, literally like my biggest fear. Like we were in the hotel in Nashville and we were uh, on the 20th floor. I'm like, I don't even want to look over there because like. It's just scary being up that high. Like, there's so many bad things that can happen. And you fall, there's no, there's nothing's helping you, nothing's saving you. That's true. And so that's just, like, heights is definitely my biggest fear. There we go. And there's the announcement. We're preparing for landing. Josiah, this was awesome. Thanks for squeezing in to uh, row eight with us. Man, it's been I a lot of fun. It. I've never been this close to Tom for this long, but, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. moving great. forward. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Joe, thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Go Vols. All right, we're clear. Man.